Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavors, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 141. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Hanson. The pop rock band of brothers returned with their 11th studio record this May, entitled Red, Green, Blue. In today's episode, we're speaking with Isaac Hansen about the concept of recording the album in thirds, the band's 30th anniversary, and their tour plans for Australia. Here we go. Our guest today is one third of one of the most famous family bands of the last 30 years. Having sold over 16 million records and toured the world countless amounts of times, they're gearing up to release their 11th studio record in May, entitled Red, Green, Blue. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours from the band Hanson, Isaac Hanson. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, where, where are you joining us from today? I'm actually here at our office slash studio in downtown Tulsa, which is where we're from. Happen to be here, not on tour yet. But uh, this is where we make a lot of the music and in some way or another, I guess you say, make the magic happen. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. It, it does look um, very cool. I'm not sure I'll explain or we'll put a video up for um, our social media, but the, uh, the studio kind of area where you're in is looking particularly um, on brand with the RGB yes. behind you. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, well, you know, that's the, that's the upside of this album being also a color format is that there's always red, green and blue lights available, uh, that you can <laughs> use to accent the, uh, the ambiance. <laughs> 100%. In fact, actually what we were, in fact, actually what we were making this record, uh, just to kind of be on theme, we actually had red, green and blue, um, candles that we were always keeping lit. Uh, it was just kind of a quirky little thing that we did. <laughs> I like that. I kind of think it adds to like the the um, the process, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, vibe is important. You know, our our eyes and our ears uh, process things very, very differently. And actually, uh, as much as I hate to say it, being a musician and all, um, our brains spend a lot more energy on what they see than what they hear. And so it's important to create a, a feeling um, around you visually that properly sets you in the mood for what it is you're doing creatively. Um, and, and I will say, you know, a lot of parts of this record definitely reminded me of that 
And uh, and I'm very grateful to the people that we were working on on the record with because they really helped to make sure that that was that was well cared for. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is um the record that we're referring to. It is a brand new record from Hanson coming out in. Uh, late May, I believe, Yeah, uh, which is very exciting. It's the 11th studio album, if I've counted correctly, 11th or 12th. Yeah, it depends on exactly which ones you count. Yeah, because, you know, uh, the Christmas records are obviously studio records, so those do really count. Um, this is, this is uh, yeah, this is something, is this the 8th? Yeah, this is not counting the, the uh I kind of the Christmas direction. I think one of the things. Yeah, this would be. That, that, I think your number is right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm rambling on and on. I'm also no the, no no no. no. I, I said to you, I said to you. You know, I'm, I'm the technical brother. There I go being technical, trying to decide which songs <laughs> and albums to count in which categories. <laughs> I can very much appreciate the the uh, categorizing of studios, but then also the holiday albums as well. I can very much appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, well, as we're talking about it, there are numerous records and we are right at the, the start of the, the album cycle. It's about to come out in May. We have some singles out, which we're about to talk about. Do yeah. you, uh, you yourself and the band have like kind of maybe um, not uh, – protocol uh like any rituals or anything that you do at the start of each album cycle to kind of get you ready for what's ahead well that's a great question and and truth is um we probably should have more than we do but i will say more than anything this record is unique um in in a way that um i don't think any other record really uh has has been um we divided this record into three parts in some way in honor of the 30th anniversary that we're celebrating as a band it's been about 25 years since people have really known our band since our first kind of major record which had songs like umbop on it uh back in the late 90s but we've been performing together writing together making records together for 30 years as of this year and so um because of the difference in the way that we broke up the record into three parts and decided for each brother to kind of be the executive producer producer primary writer of each portion of the record uh it's both been kind of a, a new kind of enlightening experience and also definitely broken up a few rituals. We've never released three singles before we released a record. So there's <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. The, um, as you just mentioned, the record is broken up into thirds. There's, um, uh, Taylor doing the first five yourself doing the middle five, I believe. And then Zach with the tail end of the five. Um, and it is, mm-hmm. it's quite an interesting kind of concept in terms of that, you know, you get to go off and write five and then come back and it's still all of you performing. But yeah, where did that concept come from? And I guess, how, was it something that's been discussed before in terms of um, album ideas? Yeah, it actually is an idea that had come up a few different times over the years, but it just didn't quite make sense, both where we were creatively as well as just kind of timing and just I, it just never quite clicked with everybody and then as we were talking about this 30th anniversary and, and also I think you we were having a little bit of creative fatigue too you know we we've done we've done this thing a, a certain way for a very long time and and I think we all kind of felt a need to kind of break the mold a little bit and say all right okay we gotta we gotta kind of like challenge ourselves in a new way 
and and really give each other a certain level of I would say even trust in a sense in a sense like hey man it's going to be cool because we're all because we're all kind of we're all writers we're all singers I mean people people know us as a band who sings right and so the idea that each one of us would exclusively sing lead on a third of the record is something that we've kind of done, but never deliberately quite in that way, you know, and never deliberately said before the record was even recorded, okay, a third, a third, a third, go for it. Um, and I think, I think all of those things contributed to making a really interesting record and something that was both challenging um, and, you know, also known as intimidating even, um, and, and, and broke some certain norms, but also I think affirmed things that we know about ourselves and each other at the same time. It, it was, it was a creative endeavor for sure that, that I would, that I, in hindsight, I don't think, I don't, I think we're going to learn even more about ourselves after this process is done than even we've already learned in making it. So it's it's been really cool. Were there any ground rules kind of set out, to, like when you kind of went, this is what we're doing, was there any any rules, any kind of procedures put in place before you guys went off and, and did your thing separately? Well, yeah, I mean, I think... I think this is probably the first record in which we have really had rules in, in that kind of way. Um, we, I think all of us didn't know exactly how it would go, but we all said, okay, we're going to break this record into three parts. It's going to be five songs a piece, um, or at least that's where we're starting. Um, and each one of us need to decide what that looks and feels like. Um, we've all grown up with similar influences, but we're also different. We're a different band than we were 30 years ago. I mean, there are many things that are similar, but Hey man, if you're not evolving, you're dying. And so we've been, I think, evolving a lot more than we even realized and even gave ourselves credit for. And I think this process allowed for us to kind of paint, uh, forgive the forgive the pun, I guess, in bold <laughs> colors, you know, <laughs> really boldly like this is a certain thing and this is a certain thing. And I think it allowed for everybody to to grow and to express themselves in unique ways. I think we didn't originally think that we would each just take on the songwriting completely by ourselves, but it became really clear that in order for us to um, do things differently, we had to make sure that as many of those common uh, uh, crutches maybe w were not used. Um, it's not that I didn't find myself going, man, I wonder what Taylor or Zach will think about this lyric, <laughs> you know, or et cetera, et cetera, you know, like, and we did share song ideas uh, in various, you know, stages, but it was really more like a, hey, here's feedback, not here's my vote. And if you don't choose my idea or vote, I'm going to get mad. It was more like, hey, here's my feedback. Take it for what it's worth. It's your portion of the record. And that in and of itself is a unique thing. We we historically are very round table King Arthur style about it, <laughs> you know, trying to get yeah. 
trying to get everybody's vote in and trying to make sure everybody agrees. And in this particular case, we, I guess you could say we almost allowed a level of discontent, which is unusual. Um, but, but it was important. It was important to say, hey, Tay, here's the deal. Here's my thought. But if you don't like it, then you got the veto power. You can, you know, you can kick my idea out. And, and I'm not going to harp on giving you too much feedback other than, hey, what do you want me to play? Hey, what do you want me to sing? Uh, hey, that's a cool song idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very cool. And I think the concept is kind of um, unique in, in a way that it does. Yeah, it allows you guys to kind of like, I guess, maybe more so flex those songwriting chops without the previous... Um, as you just mentioned, the previous kind of structure around it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I mean, we love collaborating with each other. And the truth is one of the things that I learned more uh, than I thought I would from this process was how much the three of us together creates a unique thing that is different than the three of us as individuals. It, 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 it's like when you've been doing the same thing over and over again, constantly throwing stuff off each other, constantly asking about lyrical feedback or, you know, the kinds of grooves that maybe Zach would naturally play in a certain circumstance, you know, all these kind of things, they contribute significantly to the end result. But when you um, change the context in which that input is um, available or created, it, 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 it evolves the process, not just of songwriting, but also of recording and, and the outcome. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Is, is, it's really cool. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, really proud of this record for all the reasons, both proud of my brothers for taking it on and doing what they did. And also it's in a weird way. It's like a weight off of my shoulders in a different way where it's like, I've never really allowed myself to, um, stretch the wings that, that I stretched personally on this album. And I think actually Taylor and Zach as well. I don't think they'd either 
you know, really felt that same kind of uh, creative um, difference before. So it, it's it's been fun. Yeah, hundred percent. It um the new single that is out this week is your single, write your song. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what was the the catalyst for the idea behind this song? Well, it's 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 funny because I I mean I don't I hate being the literal brother, but I kind of am. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> the technical I was and the in literal an brother. interesting situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they gotta go to kind of go together. <laughs> um, but uh, a few days before this song was written, my now eight year old daughter. Uh, the day of release is actually her birthday, interestingly enough. It was not intended to be that way, but uh, it, her birthday is March 11th, and that's the day this song comes out. The song is about her, and the song was written for her. She, a few days before the song got written, in a very cute but also very emotional, you know, seven-slash-eight-year-old way, looked at me and said, Daddy... I have no songs. You don't write me any songs. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And I started playing her different things and, and stuff. And, and, and it just wasn't good enough. It just, you know, she needed some level of affirmation that I had not already given to her. And a very, very good friend of ours named Paul McDonald, who is a fantastic artist who's actually done, um, uh, a bunch of shows with us over the years. He's kind of one of our favorite guys to have on the road. And uh, he was coming through Oklahoma on on the road doing solo acoustic gigs um, uh, during pandemic time. And he, he stopped at my house, stayed over, we hung out. And, um, and my daughter being the extrovert that she is, was just in on all the conversations. She was just there. She was ready to talk. She's ready to hang. <laughs> and then the next morning, Paul, Paul came up to me and said, hey, man, what if we wrote a song about the idea that songs are full of memories and like, what if we wrote a song that was just basically like, I'm going to write you a song, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write a song all about these memories. And and that's what the song is about is literally the idea that I'm writing you a song. I was like, wow, that's a really cool idea. And he started this idea. He was like literally in the backyard, in my backyard, strumming along and he comes in, he goes, what about this? I'm like, okay, you don't know the story, but my daughter said two days ago, daddy, you never write me any songs. So this is the one. This is like, you know, Providence uh, showing up in in the backyard. Yeah. So we worked on that song that day, got most of the song done. My daughter was there with us about half the time. Uh, so she was continually, uh, you know, part of the inspiration. And then in, in good uh, in good daddy form, I also put her at the end of the song too because she sang along and loved singing along the first day we wrote it. And so there's a little clip of her singing the song and she's actually in the music video too. We just, I just went all the way. I just said, all right, this is your song. <laughs> this is about you. This is about, you know, living memories, you know, and 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 reliving them through the melody and through the song. Uh, so here you go. And it was a lot of fun to write. It was a lot of fun to do the video. And um, and so now she's she's got nothing. You know, she can never <laughs> look at me and say, Dad, you don't love me. You never write me any songs. Tough yeah. noodles. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to ask what the uh, the reception was like now that you have, um, yeah, now that you've written it and obviously include all those things. But I imagine that it's uh, it's been received quite well, hopefully. Oh, oh, she's thrilled. Oh, I, the the really funny part about making the video <laughs> was so I told her ahead of time. I said, "All right, this is this is what we've decided to do, and uh, would you be?" willing to be in it. And of course, she was very excited about this idea. <laughs> I mean, at first she got a little bit nervous. She went, what do you want me to do? And I was like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just, because my daughter and I have periodically, since she was quite young, since she was probably about five, we've gone on daddy-daughter dates and we'll just, it's basically an excuse to go to get ice cream or something like that. But we'll do stuff where it's just her and I and we'll sit down and we'll talk. Uh, and 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 so she, so she says to me, well, what are we going to do? I say, well, we're going to go on a daddy-daughter date, but we're just going to film it and we're just going to have fun. And, uh, and so we added a few little bits and pieces to make it extra interesting. Like it was her first time sitting on the back, on the bare back of a horse, uh, which she loved. And this is, and this was a giant Arabian horse. I mean, a beautiful, beautiful, stunning animal. So she was enthralled by that. And there were a few other things, bowling and just fun, fun stuff that was easy to do. Uh, and it really shows, I think, her personality and the way that she and I relate to each other. But more than that, I think it's just, it's just the way that I think all of us want to be able to engage with our kids, anybody that has kids, it's it's all about those moments. It's all about the simple things. It's all about going to dinner and 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 getting ice cream and just having a chat and and, and knowing uh that you're engaged in their life and 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 giving them the opportunity to clearly see that. Yeah, hundred percent. It um I'm very curious because as you mentioned just earlier before, we are going into 30 years of Hanson, 25 since the major label debut, but 30 years of Hanson, I think firstly has to be congratulated. So congratulations, because it is a very <laughs> decent amount of time. Yeah. Well, I'm 41 and we've been doing this for 30 years. So that's a <laughs> long time. <laughs> I, you know, We're kind of at the point where I just basically have no memory of anything other than being in a band. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that kind of um, is a bit of an interesting feeling because although you've been doing it for 30 years, I imagine the process along the way obviously has changed, but is there is there anything that you prefer, a process you prefer now to back then and possibly vice versa? Right. Well, I have to say performing is probably my favourite thing to do and probably always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pretty extroverted person and, and, and really like people as a whole. So, uh, that plays well to, you know, the process of performing. Um, and, but second only to that, I think is probably, um, is probably making records with other people. Um, I, I really actually like making records almost more than writing songs which is interesting. I, I, to me, it's it's really fun to be um, the cheerleader, uh, the kind of guy that sees something that someone else doesn't, and like and and going, hey, wait, 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 right there, right there, that's the spot. As as the pre fan kind of reaction, 
my my instinct is that's the spot you should go go there and a lot of ways that's also a role i've i've played in the band a lot you know i and i didn't quite realize that as much until we were making this record which is I, i'm often the guy walking in going hey tay that's a really cool song idea we need to work on that hey zach you know this like it, i'm tending to be that guy as a whole and so that so that plays well to kind of producing records and stuff. And I've I've done a little bit of it. I ended up um, producing a a record for my friend Jacob Tovar. It's a it's a old school like honky tonk style country record, which I never thought I you know <laughs> being pop R and B guy. I never thought in a million years I'd, I'd need to make a country record. But honestly, his voice was so great. I walked into a bar, saw him play, and went, "Wait a second, <laughs> that guy's great. I got to record his." And so, so there have been things like that um, that I've started doing more in the last few years that I've been really enjoying. That's awesome. That I think it's like a natural evolution of when you've kind of gone through it yourself. It's that uh, I imagine both imparting wisdom, but also knowing what you're looking for in terms of that kind of process and being able to offer that to someone else. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a lot of it's a lot of reading the room. Um, so, is, and speaking of that, I mean, somebody who is a master of that is our friend Jim Scott, who produced this latest Red Ring Blue album along with our other friend David Garza, and the two of them as a production team with us was was really powerful and really cool, and and I learned a lot from both of them. Uh, we all did. Um, but Jim is the master of vibe. Um, he just, he understands how to keep the record moving forward in a productive way and is really good about telling you when to stop, you know, and, and take a breather, you know, and, and walk away and come back. Um, because he's kind of that, he's kind of that outside voice. He's not, he's, he's not always giving you um, too much input, but he's giving you the right input at the right time is the way I would put it, you know, and, 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 and making sure that the experience in the studio itself, which we recorded at his actual studio, his space, um, in California, um, it was, uh, it was really insightful and really important. And I think it'll help me in the future on whatever other records outside of our band that, you know, I work on, uh, Jim definitely, you know, taught me a lot about that process. That's very cool. I um, I wanted to touch on very quickly. I know that obviously Hanson, any interview kind of media appearance, I think um, you guys might've been on the project in Australia a few weeks ago. Yeah. There's a certain track that's always brought up. It's always Umbop, which is a fantastic track and to not oh, get yeah. me wrong, but I imagine that for yourselves yeah. after 25 years, not that it gets tired, but I feel like middle of nowhere as a body of work as a whole, there's so much more going on on that record than that one track. Yeah. You, well, yeah, there, there is a lot more going on on that record than I think people uh, kind of peripherally might know. I mean, Umbop is a song we are all very, very proud of. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Um, and, and luckily enough, also a song that the three of us wrote, you know, on our own, we would of all the co-writes that we did. And there were many different co-writes that we did for that record, um, including co-writes with our friend, longtime friend and producer, Mark Hudson, who worked on both our Christmas records, as well as our album this time around. And, and 
as well. And and Stephen Laroni actually worked on on that, and also we wrote some songs with him too. So I mean, there there were a lot of different people. Wild and Man, amazing, amazing songwriting duo, wrote things like you know, uh, you lost that loving feeling, uh, amongst other things. Um, so classic, incredible songwriters. Uh, Desmond Child wrote a song called Weird with us on on that record. Again, a song we're immensely proud of. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, Umbop is the song that everybody knows and hears. And it is one of the poppiest songs on that record for sure. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, just because of the chorus. And I think <laughs> I think that's the interesting thing about that song, which is both the thing that made it a hit and also the thing I think that puts us in this interesting uh, situation where because there aren't actual lyrics in the chorus, the context of, of the song is a little bit more cheery feeling than it probably is in reality. Because for us, that song was very much, it started as a song about rejection and feeling like we were, you know, weirdos trying to chase this music business idea and trying to be performers and all that kind of stuff and got plenty of, you know, kickback and rejection from friends and, and, you know, so on. Uh, but we leaned into it and, you know, had our biggest hit from learning to work through rejection, which also songs like weird, uh, deal with directly too. So that's probably been a theme uh, throughout most of our career is something <laughs> along the lines of never really feeling quite like we fit in a particular box and always feeling like the underdog. I can very much understand that. I think, yeah, there are, again, with no discredit to Umbop because it is a great pop track. There are just, I think Lucy is a fantastic track on that record. Um, I love that song. Yeah, just great, great record. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I, my actually my favorite my favorite songs on the on those records are are uh, and it, this is true of several of the of the records. But some of the really groovy, funky stuff is really fun to play live. Songs like "Look at You," songs like "Speechless." Uh, there's a song called "I've Got Soul" on our album called "Anthem," which is very similar. So there are a lot of songs that pick up on these very like kind of funk R and B influences that we grew up with, and uh, so there's a lot of stuff on those records that I think people would be surprised if you if you played them. You know, the song "Look at You" or "Speechless" off of Middle of Nowhere, they'd be like, "Who's that band?" <laughs> and it'd be like, "Oh, well, that's that's you know on the same record as Umbop." They'd be like, "Huh?" Like, oh, you know, <laughs> takes all <laughs> Look, we just have to keep getting the word out there, pushing the word that there are other songs of, of great merit on these on these records. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Isaac, I'd be very remiss if I didn't ask this. We do have some very close personal friends of the podcast, Caitlin, Cassidy, and Maddie, who are very big handsome fans. So, firstly, I'll say hello to okay. you from them. Um, secondly, part of this, they're wanting to know, and other people are wanting to know as well, uh, the RGB World Tour, it is kicking off in June. There are Australian downs yet to be announced, but can we expect to see you here at some point this year? Yes, that is the short answer. Um, We are in the process of of getting everything confirmed. Uh, As you can imagine, it's been a little bit complicated. The last couple of years have created some complications for us confirming uh, concert dates, but there is stuff very much in the process. And I can say with 
certainty that we will have shows in Australia and there will be stuff to announce. Um, probably right around the time of the record uh, actually coming out. So with any luck, uh, we'll be both celebrating the actual album release as well as telling you exactly what cities and exactly you know what places we're going to be playing. And we're really excited. I mean, Australia has been such an amazing place uh, to get to know uh, over the years, having traveled down to Australia since the late 90s. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a home away from home. It feels very familiar and also just different enough. And we've got a lot of great friends down there too. So it's so we're excited to be able to say that we'll be playing down there for sure. Well, I know that there are people who are very excited to have you back and, um, and go see you in concert. Isaac, thank you again for your time today. I appreciate it and congrats on the record. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Isaac Hansen for his time. Hansen's newest single, Write You a Song, is out now, and Red Green Blue is out May 20th. We've left links in the show notes if you'd like to pre-order the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Nicole at Nicole Stringer Communications for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.